All right, you're back in the DFSR with an NFL podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie, that is... James Davis. We're going to be rolling through Week 6, FanDuel and DraftKings main slate, going game by game, breaking down the betting lines, the over-unders, the injury reports, and of course the DFS plays, cash game versus GPP, all the good stuff, games to avoid. We'll break it all down on what's kind of an interesting week because we have four teams on a bye. We have the London game, so we don't get Christian McCaffrey. Enjoy it, London. I hope they, I hope they appreciate it. Those guys will probably won't even appreciate it. Am I right? Like, Is there any way anyone in England's appreciating the Christian McCaffrey season so far? Or are they just like drinking their Guinness <laughs> and thinking about Tottenham? You know what I mean? Right? Like, There's no way they, they understand. Anybody over there understands what's happening with Christian McCaffrey. Am I right? Uh. I don't know. I mean, I bet there's a contingent, like in the same way you can find Americans who call soccer football. Like, I'm sure there's a contingent of people like that in the UK that are all about it. And they like to flex, you know, knowing so much about the NFL and that kind of stuff. Maybe they wear their Ben Roethlisberger jersey and stuff like, you know, uh, there's I bet there's a hipster culture of liking the the NFL in England, I would imagine. Yeah, I think they wear Roethlisberger jerseys. <laughs> like, of no, all the probably, guys. That's probably not the greatest. Call. <laughs> but I, I said, <laughs> it's the first thing that came to mind as a, a you know lifelong Steelers fan. Who, what jersey would they wear? I don't know. Tom Brady. Yeah, it's probably because like that's Brady. New, new England. You know, they well, put on a Christian McCaffrey hat, you you Brits. You know, those guys are probably as insufferable as the soccer fans are here. Like going to soccer bars Yikes. at ten thirty in the morning and whatever. I love soccer. <laughs> you know me. All right, we're gonna roll through the main slate of games. Anyway, we we don't get McCaffrey, so we'll have to make some running back decisions. Uh, we have some wide receivers to talk about. We did do a cash game podcast yesterday where we rolled position by position. We'll nod to those guys, of course, but if we don't go as in depth. Uh, and we just kind of said we talked about them yesterday. Go back and listen to that podcast where we do go a little bit more in depth on about 10 to 12 different guys that are probably going to be our core focus for cash games. Although these things tend to change and there are some injury news and notes out there that could really change things as we get into Sunday, but we'll, we'll get through it. And by the way, there's 10 games in the main slate, but like I said yesterday, there's really only nine because one of them is the Redskins to Miami. So we're going to probably end up skipping uh, or I don't know. I don't know how much there is to talk about a Case Keenum versus Josh Rosen showdown uh, in the streets. And these, these teams are so terrible. Bengals go in and play the Ravens. Ravens start as 10 and a half home favorites. That number's all the way up to 12, probably correctly, because the Bengals are terrible. Um, they are projected for, they the, being the Ravens, projected for 29.75 or implied points right now this is right in the zone where we want to play running backs usually is but is Lamar Jackson just close enough to the running back here do we love not love do we like Mark Ingram at all for his prices I I feel like we've asked this question a few times with specifically with the Ravens and these lines and the running back but I don't know does anything change here is Ingram just still too expensive I think he's probably ultimately too expensive with Jackson lurking there Uh, we saw this in the Cleveland game where the game script really favored the running game and it was just Jackson who gobbled up all that yardage and usage. And, you know, Ingram, if Ingram can get left out in the cold in games like that, I just don't think he's going to support the kind of floor you're looking for for a cash game. Same thing happens in Arizona as well. That being said, for big tournaments, I think he's a very attractive option because we've seen that the opposite can be true as well. And he's not priced as high as his biggest games, like against Kansas City or Miami, and he's probably not priced low enough that you can tolerate his worst game. So that, to me, just screams classic big tournament target. 
Yeah, I think so, too. You, you like that he gets the goal line carries, basically, uh, for this team. Um, so that's a good spot for the touchdown equity. is high. There's no receptions really hit for him to speak of. So that he has had a few targets, but that's not really part of his game. They're, they have him in there. When he plays his snaps, he's in there, in there to run specifically. So uh, probably just not, like you said, not a high enough floor to sustain it. We did talk about Lamar Jackson as a cash game play. He's kind of grouped into this top overall scoring quarterback group along with Mahomes, Watson, and Russell Wilson this season. Um, I think it's going to be – I think it's just going to come down to the other positions on him where we land with him on cash games. I don't think he's a must, but if we just have a few extra bucks to spend because we're finding value, I think he gets in there. Otherwise, I mean, is that a fair assessment on Lamar Jackson? I don't see him as like a must play, but his floor seems so high. I, I know we talked about him yesterday, but do you think that's a good way to sum it up quickly and we'll move on? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, we talked about him quite a bit yesterday, so I think we can move on. Injury news and notes here. Marquise Brown practicing in limited fashion, um, as did Mark Andrews. And this has been Andrews' thing, although the injury is a little different for Andrews this time. So guys just like always banged up. Uh, Brown did leave the game early. Uh, the, the, I really can't overstate the Bengals' defense is absolutely horrendous. It, it, lucky for them, Miami exists. Otherwise, they'd be the worst defense in the league in terms of DVOA this season. So you're really yeah. in a good spot. You're in a great spot here. Just kind of got to decide where the pieces fit. Any interest on the Bengals' side, specifically like Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate? People played Tate specifically a lot in cash. We actually were on Boyd, and he ended up having a good game, kind of caught a garbage time touchdown. Uh, near the end, but did get 14 targets. Any interest in him as a tie target, sort of like middle tier guy on a team that obviously is bottom of the barrel, t- bottom of the barrel, terrible. Yeah, listen, the usage on Boyd has been phenomenal so far, right? I mean, aside from one pretty bad game against Pittsburgh, he's had double-digit targets in every single other contest going. Uh, he's seen some cash game ownership from time to time. I will say that his overall you know, production sort of looks a little bit game script dependent to me. Like, not that it's game script dependent, but that it's opponent dependent. And he's not like the only plan that the Bengals have right now, mostly because sometimes their plan is just to get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> you know and, what, guys? I, we have a good plan today. Just give up. <laughs> yeah. I have a good plan. Let's just get smoked, you know? <laughs> like, just, and the, the Cardinals actually just keep him in the game. <laughs> yeah, but I, his game script, if he's game script dependent on them losing, good for them. That's going to be a game script that he's going to be able to sustain. Well, that's not even losing, though. So so, like, check this out. So, against Pittsburgh, they get blown out. He only gets six targets for 33 yards in a complete embarrassment of a game on Monday night. But then against San Francisco, like, who I know we'll get to in a little bit, he catches 10 balls on just to 10 targets for 122 yards. So, it's just more like it's totally unpredictable. Now, I will say, at 6,400, I think you can trust the usage enough that I actually do think he's cash game viable, and I wouldn't be shocked to see some usage on him today or, or for this week. But, yeah, you're definitely... It's not as high floor as some of the other guys in the mid-tier that we've become accustomed to. Look, uh, you want to hear some stats here real quick. I didn't think we spend this much time with the Bengals. He has the same, he's one target shy of Keenan Allen this year. He's one reception shy of Keenan Allen this year. He has the, So basically ends up having the same exact conversion percentage, 71%. He's 64 yards behind him and a, few, and a touchdown or two behind him. Um, but it's, in terms of usage, he and Keenan Allen, over the course of the season, have been basically the same. So <laughs> I'm not putting him in the same class. I'd still you'd rather have Keenan Allen going forward. But it is interesting. Boyd will sneak up, and he's fourth overall in targets on the season uh, for wide receiver. So uh, I guess there is, there. I don't know, maybe if we saw him pop up in cash games, maybe. He was kind of sniffing around there last week in FanDuel. Well, and for big tournaments, I actually think he's super attractive. If you head on over to fansharesports.com and uh, sign up for an account there, you'll see that he's the 14th most talked about wide receiver in, in, by their buzz metric, which evaluates 
social media discussion and sentiment. And uh, I think that's actually looking very, very attractive, especially when you see a bunch of the names above him, like, you know, Preston Williams and uh, Devontae Parker and stuff like that. I feel you've already like mentioned more, that, but you've already mentioned more dolphins on this podcast than I wanted to. Well, so I'm I saying, feel, but yeah. this is the thing. So, like, I totally get speculating on upside, but Boyd has already shown more points per dollar upside than any of those guys. And if you can get more separate, like the reason to play those cheap dolphins guys is presumably because of separation. But if everyone's on it, now you're just taking the risk for none of the reward. So I'll just take Boyd, even though because he, he feels less sexy. This is one of those times when Fanshare can I think be really really helpful. Because the intuitive thing would be like, oh, well, Boyd will be sort of chalkish for big tournaments. Where, but I'll like, I'll bob and weave and I'll take the Miami guys. But that just might not be the case. So I, I always like to do my homework over there before I get cracking on those big tournament lineups. You love the Champagne We love Fanshare, man. Uh, you go, what's, what's the problem? DFSR? Is that oh, a yeah, promo code? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, well, I, I legitimately just like the, the product so much that I, and it just informs this podcast so well that I, I just love to talk about it. But yes, we do have a promo code there that they just offered us for talking about on the podcast, uh, which is if you used code DFSR, they will give you 20% off on a membership. So uh, head on over there and check them out. Oh, baby. I love the testimonials. Okay, here we go. Uh, Seahawks go in and play the Browns. The Seahawks are minus one. They started at minus one. They're up to minus one and a half road favorites here. Uh, we haven't talked about We played Russell Wilson against the... Uh, so funny. We played Russell Wilson in cash against the Cardinals correctly, I think. He it, it, it didn't totally get there in that game. But he's still like the he's in the top four of overall fantasy points scored this season for the quarterback position. The Browns have looked like kind of a mess outside of their uh, they're two and two, but they've been out. Their point differential is absolutely brutal. Uh, it's like minus thirty on the season. Uh, have we not talked about do we not talk about Wilson enough for cash games um, on yesterday's podcast? We mentioned you know Lamar and a couple other guys from another game that we're going to get to later. Murray and Ryan, but should we be talking more about Russell Wilson here? We were on him against Arizona, been kind of off him for a couple weeks now. Yeah, he's been phenomenal, uh, you know, both in a real-life perspective and for fantasy purposes. He's had some pretty good matchups so far, so I won't, you know, go all in quite yet on him being better than, say, Lamar Jackson for fantasy purposes. But the thing I like about Wilson most this season so far, first of all, just the absolutely sparkling 12 to 0 touchdown interception ratio. The guy just doesn't make mistakes with the football right now. So that's incredible. And then the other piece is the running. It's back, right? So eight carries last game, two against Arizona, but then seven and six against New Orleans and Pittsburgh. If he's going to run the ball like six times a game, all of a sudden, you know, the $8,000 price tag is very, very easy to justify. So uh, I'm happy definitely to discuss him for really any tournament type. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. Now, the one thing about Cleveland this year, they've been a middle-of-the-pack defense. They've been much worse against the run than the pass. Now, part of that is because San Francisco just looked like they played the JV versus Pop Warner game last week, and that probably does <laughs> that, that does end up kind of like throwing you off a little in terms of what their overall defense is, I think. That being said, San Francisco was still able to do it on this defense, and it didn't look difficult at all. So, um, you know, we talked about Wilson as a possibility. Carson here feels like he's in a decent spot. I know he's not as game script independent as we like from our running backs, but the carries have really been there for him this season, uh, especially in games where they get ahead. Uh, thoughts on him? Not a guy that we talked about in the cash game. Yeah, big tournament play for me. I think, like you said, the lack of receptions is going to lower the floor pretty dramatically on both sites. And we've seen in other games that should have been fine for him 
like the Pittsburgh and New Orleans games where he could just disappear completely. Uh, I think he's going to be somewhat touchdown dependent as well since he's not catching a lot of balls. But he is the type of guy that can score two or three touchdowns if Seattle just happens to run a few plays from inside the five-yard line. So, yeah, I do like Carson for big tournaments. I think actually both him and Chubb, I think, are great big tournament targets this week. I think for cash game purposes, you can probably just do better with, with guys that hold similar risk, you know, like Leonard Fournette, who we discussed yesterday, uh, even Le'Veon Bell, but I think offer greater upside too. Yeah, I think that's probably where I land too. We've had to, we've had moments of wanting to play Tyler Lockett. He's has seen some target uh, high targeted games. It hasn't been as consistent as you like. Mostly because Seattle just loves running the ball. Really, like they want to for as great of a quarterback as they have. And Wilson does the most with the least amount of opportunity. By the way, like it's worth noting here that his like his pass uh, attempts are the lowest among that top four fantasy scorers of that group. Um, he's has like, for instance, Mahomes is 195 pass attempts. Wilson has 156. So like a full game's less worth of pass attempts from, from Wilson, but he just completes 73% of his passes. He's just so damn efficient. So um, if you get one of those volume passing games, Lockett has a ton of upside too. People wanted to play Will Disley two weeks ago. I think, you know, if they get behind, we really could see it. It's just that they really, they just want to run the ball. And that sometimes can get to be a tricky situation. We talked about Nick Chubb as a, uh, script independent back. We also saw them get railroaded by the offense not being able to do a single thing against 49ers. And it's not really Chubb's fault, but then we've just seen this happen like with the, with the, the Browns. Like they just, they just don't show up for some games. Is that enough to like kind of dissuade us from using Chubb, who really is still gets, you know, elite kind of touches and, you know, carries plus targets? But I feel like we've just seen a disappearing act from the Browns too many times. Yeah, again, Chubb, I don't, when I look at Chubb's game log, I'm just not sure how it's any different than Leonard Fournette's so far this season, right? He's got a couple big games, a couple stinkers. The usage is generally there, although I trust Fournette's usage more. Uh, he's also had more usage recently, except for the pleasure of playing Chubb, you just have to get $900 more yeah. and allocate it towards him. Like I just don't see how he's worth it. I mean, at this point, I think he's one of these people that's just priced based on preseason hype. And that's really not where I want to be. Definitely not for cash games. I think for big tournaments, again, you can justify it, right? I mean, we saw him have one of the biggest weeks all season against Baltimore in week four, but I just don't know why I need to take that kind of risk. Like, he, I'm not, he, like, the decision isn't even playing him over someone like Leonard Fournette or Le'Veon Bell. It's playing him over Dalvin Cook, right? Because they're, they're much closer in price than he is with that bottom group. And that's not even close to me. So I would surprise to see. I would be surprised to see very much ownership at all on him this week. I think correctly so. Um, from a betting perspective, yeah. I love Seattle here. I know they're going on the road. Um, Cleveland on a short week. Uh, they're traveling back across the country. I mean, they're both they're both traveling back across the country. So I don't give. You don't get. I don't. It doesn't seem like you can knock one team for that. I, I, that's just. A, I, look, that's. I don't have any data behind that. I, that's a, sort of something I've just. Um, just heard something out in the ether about the travel piece. I think it is a real thing, by the way. I don't have like the hardcore data on like how many points you're expected to lose by losing time zone. I do like, from a betting perspective, uh, having to give a point on the Seattle side. I just think they're just such a better team. I think Cleveland just seems like they're reeling as well. So uh, give me... Uh, I also say, want to just one more quick, a quick victory lap on Odell Beckham Jr. as well, by the way. Whenever this happens in the future, just remember, wide receivers changing teams. Oh. doesn't matter what you think of the quarterback or anything like that. doesn't matter, honestly, how good the wide receiver is. It is a complete and utter crapshoot. The guy gets six targets, catches two of them last week against San Francisco. Again, admittedly tough matchup. Not to say he won't have big weeks, but man, it's incredible how even switching away from who should be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, just being on a new team, there's just something about it. Being a wide receiver must be really, really hard because... 
Uh, it just is. It just seems to happen time and time again. I need to get this tattooed like on my forearm so I can just reference it uh, from year to year because every single year, <laughs> like I memento, <laughs> like you I, wake up in the morning. I, that's how it, I feel, like, man. I need to get a tattoo like where I just where I just have it remembered. Be like, that's right. Wide receiver on new team. Wide receiver on new team. It means something. I got. What does that mean? What does it mean? Like, oh yeah. Like I just need to. I, I, this needs to be because it's something I, I'm so guilty of this this freaking trap every single year and like. Yes, every once in a while you get Amari Cooper who switches teams midseason and just goes yeah. just goes crazy on like you know on whatever targets he gets and looks like for all the reasons the, the the Raiders never should have traded him. That's one out of every fifteenth times it feels like with these new receivers. So I don't know. I, yeah, I need some way to remember, buddy. Remind me next year when when one of these big <laughs> wide receivers switches teams like AJ Green. I, I, never mind. The Patriots are like the one team it's not the same for. Uh, like when he goes to say if he gets traded to the Patriots. All right, we're going on and on. Uh, let's keep rolling through some of these games. I, thought, I was like, oh, we're going to be so quick through this podcast today, and then boom, I'm just now I'm getting caught into all these different side tangents. Philly goes in and plays Minnesota. Minnesota is a three-point home favorite coming off a pretty easy victory over the Giants last week. You already mentioned Dalvin Cook. You let off your cash game article with him. I'm going to throw out another uh, running back later that I just want your opinion on compared to Cook. I don't think we need to spend too much time on him because we talked about him yesterday. From a Vikings perspective, they did come out and seemed more interested in passing to start the, after the, the wide receivers just complained all week long. Like Diggs was like, trade me, and then Thielen was complaining, and then they just went out right away and just passed basically on you know 75% of their first two drives or something like that. Do you think we see that trend continue? Uh, because it just seemed like it worked, and it's probably correct considering the receivers. And is that enough to maybe tick the targets up on guys like Thielen and Diggs over what their median and mean projections, or excuse me, what their median and mean uh, targets have been so far this season? Like, do we want to just tick them up and say maybe the Vikings have taken a shift, or is one game not enough to do that? Because we're pretty low on them now, but we've seen these guys sustain much higher prices in the past. Yeah, I mean, Cousins threw the ball 27 times against the Giants last well, right, week. But, so, right, but, uh, they, but they were winning uh, the game easily. Like, that's uh, that's the only reason. The target share for them, like, especially the end, was still pretty high. Like, do you, do you think that we – should we take the up the – target share when he was out there was good. Um, I will say Thielen – you know, you're not alone in this sentiment. Thielen uh, is one of those top buzz guys over on Fanshare. I just think when it comes to this, like, basically at this point, there's two ways to – have guys find their way into my daily fantasy lineups. Generally, it's an increase in opportunity that we didn't expect, a la the starting running back gets hurt. Uh, great matchup or absurdly low price based on what we've seen so far. Thielen and Diggs don't check any of those boxes for me, right? I mean, mm-hmm. max targets on the season for Thielen is eight. So the, what kind of play this is, is we believe something new will happen that we haven't seen so far. And that's okay. A, a lot of people... You know, especially for big tournaments, that is the type of risk you have to take sometimes. And I totally get it. And Thielen, I mean, listen, we saw him being in the high 8,000s last season after his, you know, incredible beginning of the season where he was last year's Keenan Allen or or Cooper Cup in terms of target share and and converting that into fantasy production. We just haven't seen it so far this year. So, yes, somebody's going to be right there when Thielen does get that 12 target, 10 catch. You know, I mean, last week maybe it was it, right? 130 yards receiving and two touchdowns. I just think that, man, it's you're just what you're doing is hoping for something you haven't seen yet, and that's okay. But that's just not the type of play that I'm going to be having anywhere near my cash games. Fair enough. And the other thing, you know, the other possible comp with Keenan Allen here is that while he was he was crazy at the beginning of the season last year, it really tailed off in the second half for Halen. Um, he was not able to sustain those kind of targets over the course right. of the season. My biggest concern with playing Dalvin Cook in uh, in cash games this week 
is the Phillies just fourth in DVOA against the run this season. Uh, they've been a very strong run defense. They have not played a crazy schedule so far, but they're a top six overall defense and better against the run. So that's my only concern with Cook. And I get that like he's just is one of these only running backs that kind of fits that. Um, his touches are probably going to be there, and he's such an awesome running back too. So I, I get I get that part of it. This is my only like little concern on the Philly side. Uh, they're getting healthier at wide receiver. Uh, looks like they're in a full time share between Sanders and Howard. Both had 29 snaps exactly last week. Alshon Jeffrey had the targets, but they really they can spread it around. Um, is this just too many kind of cooks in this kitchen from a fantasy perspective? Sometimes I don't even see the upside from teams like this when just everyone sort of just gets to get his on a weekly basis. Or doesn't even get to get his. They just all get a little of something, and then the Philly and the game's kind of <laughs> over. Uh, it's more it's more like that. Um, I, I I don't know. I, they're so unexciting from a DFS perspective. Yeah, again, I think you're just back in that. You're hoping for the new thing you haven't seen so far territory, which is where you can be for big tournaments. And I think when it comes to teams like Philly that do have a lot of talented skill position players, it can occasionally you know, cluster onto one guy getting most of that production and getting most of the fantasy scoring. So whether that's Ertz or Jeffrey or even Jordan Howard, who we've seen have uh, multiple touchdown weeks. I don't think a big week from any of these guys is out of the question. And again, not not something you're going to remotely consider in your cash games this week. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's keep it rolling. Um, we have New Orleans goes and plays Jacksonville. This game started with uh, as a pick'em, and now is actually uh, no, excuse me. It started with it started with the Saints as a, f- a road favorite. Then we got down to a pick'em, and is now actually Jacksonville minus one at home with a 44 mm. over under. A point and a half comes off the Saints side. A point and a half goes up on the Jacksonville side. Uh, that's an interesting swing of uh, swing just from the opening line. That just stre- screams of was kind of wrong <laughs> wrong coming in, uh, and then now it's been overcorrected. I am a little surprised though to see Jacksonville favored here. I get that a minus one at home is like not technically a favorite because that's like sort of like a minus three you get for the home favorite. I, think it, I, I did look this up. Like in the last four years, it's actually the, the home team wins by an average of two point like six five points or something like that. Um, just like you know, game independent. Um, so the minus one does probably tell you that Vegas still thinks. The Saints are a better team. What are your thoughts on this game? When you see this line, you know, do what do any additional? We talked about Michael Thomas at length yesterday. I don't think we need to do that. We talked about Fournette also. Any other players from this game kind of stand out to you? What do you think about this line in general? Uh, give me your thoughts on Saints versus the Jags. Yeah, well, the guy we, I think we talked about during the Cash Game podcast, but not necessarily as one of our Cash Game recommendations, was DJ Shark Jr. And I'm, I'm so curious to know your opinion on him right now because he right now the number one most talked about guy on Fanshare. Coming off the incredible 32 fantasy point week, obviously the 164 yards, he now has two incredibly huge receiving yard games on the season. The targets aren't always there. He still is relatively cheap. Let's do the old uh, gut check test. If he showed up and, you know, it's 40% owned in cash games, are we scared or happy if we don't? I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared at all. I, these guys, they, yeah, I'm this happy. is just, you're, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy too. I'd, Look, seventy-three percent conversion percentage. It's, it's good. Um, he, they, they just don't have like dynamic enough offense for him to sustain what I believe to be is probably an overcorrection on his price based on just. I, I mean, not, it's not run hot, but the five touchdowns you have to believe are run hot. Like the receiving touchdowns. Like is DJ Shark yeah. going to end the season as the second most? The guys above him, like Chris Goblin and Amari Cooper. Okay, I see it. Both of them have like six and seven more targets than than Shark. Um, like, mm-hmm. among this group that's at the top of the receiving touchdowns list, Goodwin, I said Goodwin, God, I sound like an idiot, but not saying his name right, Godwin, <laughs> Cooper, Cup, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Gale, Thielen, Hilton. Like, these are the other guys around DJ Shark. Of all those guys that, like, are going to end the season here and not, 
do you think Sharks here at the end? I just don't see it, and maybe it's just because I don't have enough track record on him. Look, he's a rookie. I get it. Um, is that enough, though? I just don't – I just can't see in this offense sustaining these kind of touchdowns on a week-to-week basis. I just, I just – I'm just not seeing it. I'd be happy if he was that high-owned and we didn't have him. Yeah, same here. And I think for big tournaments, actually, I'd like – I prefer to go D.D. Westbrook. If Shark is, again, going to have this outsized ownership relative to his actual track record and potential upside, D.D. Westbrook is 5,400. Got 11 targets last week against Carolina as well. Uh, you know, priced very, very low on account of a pretty middling track record. I don't think you want to run him out there in cash either. But he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's the most targeted receiver that left over from last year's team. Uh, it seems like Minshew's developing an increasing comfort level with him. I don't know. I could consider him too. Um, we talked one, about one thing. Well, one I, thing I will but, say about Chark. Yeah, the one thing I will say about Chark from like. Uh, he has he maintains a lot of upside is he is one of the leaders in air in total um air yards this year like just the amount of distance the ball travels to get to the guy um that is a stat that does scream upside like a lot of people will use that stat to kind of point to if people are underperforming the air yards meaning like the ball is fine trying to find its way downfield to him and it just like at times is getting there it's not now for him it is getting there this is why he has five touchdowns on it so he probably is even they are trying to get the ball down the field to him. I, I just suspect that it's been run hot. Keep going. I just want to throw that to the air yard side because people do, yeah, people do quote And again, that. like again, the, the absolute upside is undeniable. But for big tournaments, we're not just looking for upside. We're looking for upside relative to ownership and upside relative to, to price. So uh, I don't think I – I think that seems like a fine fade to me, I guess is my point. Totally. Um, there are many players in the NFL that are capable of going for 160 and two touchdowns. And I don't think DJ Shark is like so much more capable that I must play him. Uh, but what do you think about Alvin Kamara? I yeah, mean, he's I was just got about to say this guy. He's in one of our DraftKings lineups. We didn't talk about him yesterday at all. Uh, perhaps an oversight in our cash games, a game that's essentially a pick 'em. We've seen, you know, double digit target game out of him in one game against Seattle this season. He obviously is a guy that, you know, he was like that first round pick, you know, 1A, top three sort of pick going into season long leagues. It hasn't really been there on the back of very few touchdowns, but yeah. the usage has kind of been there. Um, what do you think about Kamara here? So he's the exact opposite, right? Like he's he, the where you look at him in terms of mm. like overall touches, the touches are not in that top group. Like he's in the top ten ish in terms of usage this season for running backs. Um, just that's uh, carries plus targets, so not as high as you thought he would be. So they haven't been using him as much. Now the difference is where, but he's still kind of okay from a fantasy standpoint except that all the guys above him in terms of running backs on the season for overall fan uh overall excuse me DraftKings points have like four or more touchdowns on the ground and maybe like one or two in the air um and except Kamara has two total he has one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown I think if you're looking for a guy and maybe this isn't the week but if you want to people throw out the word regression um maybe a little too flimsily at times I think um because regression can mean different things I think to different people but it only really means should the thing be ha- should the thing be happening for you more than it is and that's how I'm going to use it in this case my guess is these touchdowns for Kamara in this specifically in this Saints offense and they've shown that they're more than capable with Teddy Bridgewater is just low like there's just no he, if anyone's going to take a jump in overall touchdowns um, to be like where he is near the bottom now and toward the top, I really think that's going to be the case for him. And it, you're not exactly buying low on him because of that. But at 8,000 on DraftKings, it's pr- it, for the amount that he get, does get the ball through the air at times, I, I think I could buy into it. I'm not sold on it here, but he is in the DraftKings one lineup right now. Would you feel okay going into it if that was the case? He's not an overwhelming play for us, but it's close. Yeah, I would feel okay with it. Um, I think the price has come down enough that 
you are getting something of a value there. And I have to believe, you know, as opposed to some of these other guys that have had up and down track records this year, this, like what we've seen from Kamara so far, sort of feels like his floor, right? I mean, especially on FanDuel right now. I mean, we're getting a $1,000 discount over how he ended last season. And this is always the tricky part is trying to evaluate, you know, a five-game sample size, which isn't very much. And if it was the NBA or Major League Baseball, we wouldn't even pay attention to a five-game sample size. Uh, but the bugaboo in the NFL is so much can change so quickly. It's a totally different quarterback right now. That could absolutely be affecting his production. And it's just a new season. And with a whole season to prepare, sometimes teams just change their plans, right? So, uh, And guys, not, not only that, guys wear out just on a dime, running backs especially. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't mind playing Kamara. I think there's a reason for his discounted price. I would be willing to stick my neck out and say maybe the hate has come too far. Jacksonville defense ranks 32nd in rushing DVOA, defensive rushing DVOA this season. James, do you know off the top of your head how many football teams there are in the NFL? Oh, put me on the spot. Um, There's 32. They're dead last. Ah, so okay, they're, they're, there you go. You got there. They, Jacksonville ranks dead last <laughs> against the run this season in DVOA. Another reason, I think, to like Kamara, if you're looking for a breakout game, this could be it. Not a, not a great total. You know, the only thing you worry about here is pace and maybe – or one of the things you worry about is pace and time just kind of ticking off the clock with Fournette running the ball on the other side. All right, Texans go in and play the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs right now are five-point favorites at home over Houston. Do you think the five points – now, by, by the way, Tyreek Hill practicing this week. Um, wide receivers don't shift mm-hmm. lines uh, in the way quarterbacks do. They really just don't shift them at all, frankly. Um, that being said, Tyreek Hill could play this week. Sammy Watkins looks like he's banged up, probably not going to play. I'm going to go mybookie.ag here, buddy. Uh, promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Mybookie.ag is the site that you want to go if you're putting in bets during the season. It's what we use. Uh, they're a sponsor of ours, and you can get a great deal, $100 on your first up to your first, excuse me, $100 match up on your first deposit up to $100 using that promo code OVERTIME. Feels insane. I, I, love, I love this this line here. Give me the Chiefs. I, I get that they've had a couple down weeks. You only have to cover five against this team at home on a week on a, on a game yeah. where they're probably just like have to be thinking we got to turn things back around here. And I feel like people are buying so high on the Texans coming off a week where they just slaughtered it through the air against a compromised defense. Uh, talk me off this one because this one feels like kind of lock city to me. Well, since I brought this bet up yesterday, oh, did you? I forgot. Case I, for it, I also will. I will not be talking you off of it right now. But yes, I, I also agree with this. I, 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 I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to step on you. I totally forgot. You, <laughs> I, I totally forgot you did that. Like, look, I know, I'm just kidding. Just a little secret in the podcast here. James and I have talked to each other so many times in our lives, and for so many, do you think we've reached the ten thousand hour mark on our Ooh. times talking to each other? This is when we become experts on something. Do you think we've talked to each other for 10,000 hours during our so lifetime as a friendship? We've like known each other well, I would say, for about 20 years. Been close for maybe 15 years of that. It's It's got to be getting up there. Well, I don't know, 500? Yeah, I, I, bet, I bet we're getting there because there were definitely years where we would sit and play board games all weekend and talk for like, you know, 14 hours a day. I bet, I bet we're, we're pushing it. Okay, my point there is that sometimes in the podcast when one of us is talking, the other one's just not <laughs> listening. Um, and so because they're thinking about other things or doing other things, trusting that we can hear the tone of each other's voice. And no, mybookie.ag, promo code OVERTIME. James and I both love, independently, love the Chiefs minus five here. You have to go. I think you have to go. <laughs> That's how you know one. it's a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mybookie.ag, oh, promo code OVERTIME. Love those guys. We use them ourselves. Love to have them on board. I'm placing the bet right now. Okay, we did not talk. Here, so here's the other problem here. We didn't talk about this game is the highest the highest total on the slate we didn't talk about a single guy from our cash game perspective here um is it because 
is like too many unknowns on the Chiefs side? Is it because we think we're buying a little too high on the on the Texan side? Uh, you know, this game has a 54 and a half total. This is three and a half points higher than the next closest game on the slate. Uh, are we crazy for? Could we see high ownership in this game and we might just be off it because there's really no one right now even sniffing around our site our our our, our lineups for value and that that could be a scary proposition going into Sunday. Yeah, well, this this will happen sometimes with these teams that are very consistently among the very highest scoring teams because, you know, like the Warriors were this way in the NBA for a while where they were always in the game with the highest total and we almost never had any of their guys in our cash game lineups. And that's just because when you're consistently good, your price comes up. And uh, it's funny, though, because in the case of the Chiefs, that's not necessarily what's happened here. Um, it's mostly been that the ball's been kind of spread out and it's been randoms sneaking in. But in the case of someone like Mahomes, uh, that would be the reason we don't play him. Um, I'm going to stick you back in the oven on the, the Will Fuller test here. 6,600 on FanDuel. Coming off a week where we got massacred by him being the chalk on DraftKings and we didn't have him, I think we wound up sticking by the process there uh, because, again, that was one of those times where we were people were asking Will Fuller to do something that he hadn't really done before. And the reason that Kenny Stills, who was only getting a few targets a game anyway, was out was not enough for me to want to move the needle that much. Now that we know, now that we've seen it once, a 16-target, Doug, 14-catch, 217-yard performance. Is it crazy to not have him in cash games here? I mean, he's going to be incredible. You'd have to think incredibly highly owned. Uh, one of the most talked-about guys on Fanshare. Obviously, we've seen the upside. Still cheap. Is it insane to fade this guy? It's not insane to fade him, but it's it's insane to think that like last game is the as the proxy by which you should use or is the litmus test by which you should use all future Will Fuller games. He had he has thirty nine total targets on the year. Sixteen of them were last game. That's forty forty one percent of his targets were just from last game. One hundred percent of his touchdowns were from last game. Like I like this is one game. I get that it's great, and I guess if you're playing like a season long points league where you just accumulate all your points, I guess he got you. You know, he came all the way back and made up for the other games, the other five games where he just did absolutely dog nothing. You know, so I, no, I don't think you need to play him. Um, I'm still kind of on DeAndre Hopkins here. I, I we went. All, I wanted to almost go yeah. all in on him last week. I'm <laughs> thankful we ended up not doing it because it just didn't work. I still think there's a huge like this. I, I still think this game exists for DeAndre Hopkins going the other side, and we're, it's, it's just a shame that we're not getting enough of a discount on him because he hasn't really lived up to this thing. He's still the second most expensive wide receiver on Fanduel. So big tournament, sure. I, I I think it's I think if enough people are drinking the Wolf Filler Kool Aid after one week, I, and his ownership is probably going to be a little bit higher than it should be. So I probably just from that perspective be fine fading him in GPPs, just because I think he'll be too highly owned based on one good week. He's a good wide receiver and all, but there's no way he recreates it. So. Yeah, I think I think we do have to talk about it for cash games. We could set it down for now, but we we can off the air try to look at it and just see what lineups look like with him in them because I'm just getting the feeling that that could be one of those ones that. You know, like he, he's in the same price territory as guys like, say, Michael Gallup. Um, you know, he's a little bit more expensive, but the lineup you get with him isn't really materially that much different. And I think that's one of those ones that could wind up looking pretty bad if it doesn't come together. I mean, it depends what you think. Uh, it, let's just, last about. thing, because it's just a process thing, and we'll move on, I swear. Is what do you think is real? What do you think is real, honest, average target is? Because this is where we try to set it by, we try to set like what the average. Just like the median target for him on a, you know, if we play this game a hundred times would be, and then we use multipliers to right. determine like how big of a value is. What do you think that number is? He had 16 targets last week. He had he had like six. He had six, seven, seven, three in the four pre- previous games. I get that Kenny Stills was there, but whatever. Um, eight. Yeah, I've met nine. Somewhere He's just not there now. So like I already have yeah, eight, higher. nine. So I think eight and nine is fine. Well, so but Sonny though, because Michael Gallup 
basically the same track record. I mean, seven, eight targets, then 14 last game against Green Bay wasn't terribly efficient. Let's just compare these two guys. I know we haven't gotten to the four o'clock games yet, but, you know, Will Fuller is a little bit more expensive. I would argue has a longer track record than Gallup does. I mean, we've seen some big Will Fuller games in the past. You know, he was getting healthy coming into this season. There, cause there, so there could also be this thing where now that he's fully healthy, he's going to kind of get a more expanded role. Between those two guys, which one would you be more scared about if we were off the chalk on them? And which one would you be happy to stand behind if they were lower owned? Ugh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good idea about this. I feel like Fuller... Yeah, it's pretty close. I, I don't... Yeah. Uh, I, think I, I think I'd go Gallup here. Nah, I'd probably stick with Fuller. The game script, I think, helps him more. That's probably... So, I've had to pick. I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell him so. I'll, I'll just go to the game script and maybe just that it's a little bit more of a shootout. And it's probably close. And so, that one ends up being closer than I thought. Maybe people will think we're donkeys for that one even being close. I'm not totally positive. Uh, real quick. So, we mentioned the Tyreek Hill thing. Shady McCoy didn't play a ton, but he's actually not on the injured list. So, I'm not really sure what the running back situation there is kind of fluid. Um, even with some of this, the wide receiver injuries, we've seen guys like Byron Pringle come in, Demarcus Robinson, Michael Hardman. It's very tough to get a handle on what the Chiefs' passing yeah. plan is going to be. And we did talk about, you know, possibly fading or probably fading Travis Kelsey, even if he was a highly owned guy in our cash game podcast yesterday. So I don't really want to rehash that one totally. Interesting way, this, this one's this going to be an interesting one because uh, we'll see where the line ends up. Um, and like we said, we both like that overtime bet uh, for mybookie.ag. Next game, last 1 o'clock game, Redskins go in and play the Dolphins. Woo! Case Keenum versus Josh Rosen. And, buddy, with that, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from some sponsors. We'll be back for the 4 o'clock games. If you're headed to a game this year and you need tickets, there's only one place to go, and that's Vivid Seats. It's super easy. You go to the App Store, download the Vivid Seats app. You use the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And you save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. Once again, Vivid Seats. Use the promo code OVERTIME. It's that easy. Get tickets. Go to the game. You won't regret it. All right, four o'clock games. San Francisco goes in and plays the Rams. Rams are three and a half point favorites against the second best DVOA team in the league. Wait, before you move on, we're going to really just step past that Washington Miami game. I think that there are a lot of guys getting buzzed from this game this week. Who, like Preston Williams and Albert Wilson and who else? Terry, Keelan Terry McLaren. He's, he's got Terry considerable McLaren. buzz. People are seeing this as the big breakout game for both teams because they're finally going to be in a game script that uh, you know could potentially see them playing. Their, this is the moment when, when you, you always ask, Doug, why are these bad teams resting their good players late in games, right? Like this is going to be how every game goes all season. This is why. This, this game has real implications. One of these two teams, Doug, will not go winless on the season. Which is just absolutely miraculous. What if they tie? This... What if they tie? They, they, <laughs> zero, they can tie. Zero tie. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think a tie is not out of the question here. I think they could easily go winless. Um, but anyway, the uh, not easy. I will say have. real quick, for, in all seriousness, people are on these Miami receivers. Miami scored twenty six points so far this season. There are several teams with higher implied totals for this week <laughs> than twenty six points. You are a madman if you think. That there's, I mean, not to say there's, there's always upside for every player, blah, blah, blah. Don't bother. That's all I want to say about that. The Redskins, you can justify it a little bit more, I think. They at least have shown the capacity to, to score points in an NFL game. 
don't play any Dolphins this week. We can move on. That's all. Yeah, and look, you want to take a take a stab at a guy like um, McLaurin? Like I, I, all, I'm all for it. This team is terrible. Um, the Miami side of it. I, I'm actually surprised that the Miami guys are getting a little bit more buzz uh, than the other than the other side of this. Um, and I guess with Keenum coming back, he was the he was the quarterback that had targeted him to start the season. Uh, it's just I, it's just so hard to talk. These are these isn't like. These are bad teams that don't have fantasy viable really guys on them. I guess I guess like McLaurin's like the one guy. So it's like one thing to be the the Bengals and still have a Tyler Boyd and still have Andy Dalton and still have Joe Mixon, like guys that have actually done stuff. Like these teams really don't even have those guys. So I, that's why I just kind of wanted to skip it. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I look, any given Sunday, and could one of these guys be in like the million, the million maker overall tournament winning lineup? I I don't know. It's just. I'm getting flustered, but I don't really want to talk. All right, about sorry, this. buddy. Go ahead, move on, move on. <laughs> you just got me. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared on this one. San Francisco goes in and plays the Rams. San Francisco, second best DVOA in the league right now. Um, excuse me, defensive DVOA in the league, second best uh, point differential in the league behind only the Patriots. They're underdogs. The Rams, who are three and a half point home favorites, coming off a rough loss last week. Does this one feel correct to you? I feel like this one. I don't know, man. Like, I, I get that the LA's home and they're well coached and all this stuff, but San Francisco just looks awesome. I, like, I, it's so crazy. Like, could we be looking at the end of the year thinking to ourselves, San Francisco was an underdog in, in week six after the way they started? Like, could we see, like, mm-hmm. the, the way they finished the year and think, like, that seemed like one of the most insane lines? I was, I'm trying to think about this from, like, a sort of, like, uh, season long perspective. This one feels nuts to me. And I don't know if I'm just buying the juju too early on San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it's, you know, when you look at the DVOA stats, it's pretty overwhelming. You know, a lot of people look at this Patriots team and say, wow, historical team, better than the 85 Bears. The 49ers so far this season, they are, so the New England's the best, right? They have the highest defensive DVOA, uh, minus 46.2%. San Francisco, minus 45.3%. So both of them, you know, within, within 1% of one another, the next highest after that, is Buffalo at 15.4%. So San Francisco and New England, three times better than the third place spot and essentially tied. And nobody talks about San Francisco in that same breath as New England, even though, frankly, both of them have the same amount of track record in terms of the defensive capabilities they put up, right? No one was talking about New England as a defensive juggernaut last season. So both of them coming out of the gate are absolutely killing teams. I think the Rams definitely seem to have a little bit of that uh, Super Bowl loss hangover. I don't know. I, I think... I think this is another juicy one for your buddies over at my bookie because they're like you said there's definitely a world where people look back and they're like huh we still liked the rams just because they had a good year the year before huh hmm. oh well well i mean and, by the way dvoa second on defense they're fourth on offense like they're best yeah. they could just be the best team like when you combine these things together like uh new england by the way is eighth in dvoa on offense so these are still early numbers these are somewhat schedule dependent um but they're but this is but dvoa our friends over at football outsiders do do kind of project this with who you played in mind that's a schedule adjusted stat to some degree i don't know man this one feels crazy i I, i'm gonna need to see them get kind of like beat before i'm willing to start betting against them i I get that like the nfl can change on a dime but this one feels crazy to me i I already have this in a san francisco plus three on my bookie by the way um this was the other one that just felt completely nuts to me now from a fantasy perspective i'm not really sure what you do with them specifically the niners to start i'm not really sure what you do with them because they just have a rushing attack that Every, everybody just kind of is able to run buck wild over everybody else. They don't. They, no one ever gets enough carries. No one really seems to get enough targets either. Is that a fair assessment for them from a fantasy perspective? I think even if they're playing catch up, maybe besides like Kittle, is there anyone you would even trust 
that didn't have to just break a long run to kind of get there. But which, by the way, these guys also do. So <laughs> that, that's <laughs> no, possible. I, I'm also. not going to play anyone. I'm not going to play anyone from the 49ers offense. Uh, their most expensive wide receiver this week for a team that's been this good on offense. Their most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel is Debo Samuel at 5,400. Like that's the real, the real miracle of this whole thing is that they could be. Would you say the fourth best offense? Yeah. Uh, when you think about DVOA, and that Debo Samuel could be the most expensive wide receiver. So yeah, very unique team, very interesting game. Uh, definitely one of those must watches from my perspective. Yeah, um, they're, just, they're, they're crazy. Now, the Rams side, we do have some injury stuff here. So Todd Gurley did not practice on Wednesday. Probably get some more clarity on him over the next couple days. Brandon Cooks has not yet cleared the concussion protocol, so we're going to mm-hmm. need to get some news on him. Just for the sake of uh, argument, the sake of just I don't know, hypothesis, what do you think happens if Gurley sits here? Um, Gurley has played a lot of their snaps. They have played Malcolm Brown. Daryl Henderson was a guy who got sort of handcuff buzz to start the year. He barely has really. I don't, I don't know if he's even played a snap. Um, I think he's played like only a few snaps this season, uh, but he was a guy that people loved to kind of like dream on as Gurley's backup slash maybe he would take some of the role. If Gurley were to sit, would we be feel comfortable enough with this running game or would we need to just maybe just give it all to Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Gerald ever kind of go that way and just think that they pass the whole game? This one feels a little confused. I, I, th- I feel I'd be to start a little confused about what to do with Gurley if he were to sit. If Gurley sits, I think Malcolm Brown becomes an automatic cash game play. I mean, the guy's $4,800. Like you said, it's been a two-man show in the running game, largely leaning on Gurley. Now, the usage hasn't fully been there, and Brown hasn't been especially good when he has touched the ball. But we saw in the first game of the season, he got 11 carries for 53 yards and two touchdowns. I really do think he is the heir apparent here, and the price is cheap enough that it's really hard to imagine him absolutely destroying you. Uh, He would enable so many other things that you could do, uh, like getting three good wide receivers and two good running backs. I think that, uh, yeah, I think he would be a no-brainer of a play. I mean, unless you heard some other coach speak like hey he's going to split carries with daryl henderson or whatever but yeah in the meantime i would absolutely be happy to be all over brown yeah that, i think that makes sense to me in the long run i'm just mentioning it because when you see anytime you see these injury news on, on Gurley, henderson ends up being the guy whose name comes up mostly i think left over from that preseason where people just wanted like you know season-long drafts where people did want to draft him i think that like that kind of buzz like still remains left over even though we haven't really seen it. That's, this is the news to really keep an eye on over the course of the next few days. Could swing a lot of lineups depending on where the, you know, to a lesser degree, Cooks, but really girly if he were to play. Falcons go in and play Arizona. Falcons started as one-point favorite and now up to two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Arizona. We talked at length about a lot of these guys yesterday, so I'm not sure we're going to totally go back into it here. We talked about Matt Ryan as a cash game play. We talked about Austin Hooper at tight end as a cash game play. We said we could see some ownership on Julio Jones, so that I think for cash, 50-50 contest, you and I did not really want to go there. Always for big tournaments with him, um, just because he has as much upside as any wide receiver in the game. Still does lead that team in targets. It's just not enough targets so far on the season. And we've seen, I mean, could we, let me just real quick on Julio Jones. Do we think we just get like, feels like, you know, two or three times a year, we get these huge Julio Jones breakout games. Um, Could you see this one being the one based on the way they just want to get him going? Or, you know, this is a very weak Cardinals secondary as well. Yeah, I think this could absolutely be the week that that comes together. Again, do I want to be the one holding the bag if it doesn't happen to be the week? Probably not. I mean, the difference between what Julio was last year and this year is pretty stark. Uh, Last year, he leads the entire NFL in targets. This year, just 44 targets, so that's 19 off uh, the league lead in Cup. It's still a top six number, so it's not bad by any stretch, but 
uh, on those 44 targets, turning them into just 26 catches. Um, so that is the lowest total of any receiver in the top 20, except for Odell Beckham Jr. So it's not exactly a, not exactly a great company there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to play Julio in cash, but I definitely see the upside picture that you're painting there. The only thing we're waiting on here, I think, from Arizona, excuse me, there's a couple things. We're waiting on David Johnson. We're waiting on Christian Kirk. Kirk did end up practicing a little bit this week, so he's probably going to play. I do see him as a possible cash game play as well, but I think the David Johnson news, whether or not he plays or not, will sort of in the same kind of camp as Todd Gurley, could end up just kind of changing a lot of lineups if he were not to play. Chase Edmonds has seen carries and touches in this offense, so I'd feel pretty confident about him if Gurley weren't around, especially from a pass-catching pass perspective as well. Want to keep an eye on that news as we go forward. But like I said, we talked about a lot of these games in the cash, a lot of these players in the Cash Game podcast yesterday. I don't think we need to totally rehash it. Four, 425 game, Tennessee goes into Denver. Very low total here. Two teams that just from a fantasy perspective, not exciting at all. Uh, two-headed monster still in Denver. Derrick Henry gets a lot of carries, but he's going into Denver uh, as an underdog. Very few points, 39 over under here. Is there much to even get excited about from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, not really. I mean, two teams that really haven't brought it. Um, it's certainly not for cash game purposes at really any point so far this season. I mean, you've seen you know, the odd big game out of Derrick Henry and that kind of thing, but I don't see any reason to spend much time investing into this game outside of the old disclaimer that we put for every player, which is that, you know, anyone can wind up being a big tournament play. But even inside of that context, the reason you're playing players from this game is specifically because no one else will be. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Final game of the day, Dallas goes in and plays the Jets. Uh, Dallas is 7.5-point road favorites here against New York, who is going to get Sam Darnold back and behind center this week. Did we not talk enough about Zeke here? 7.5-point favorites. Jets defense, not, Jets defense actually hasn't been terrible this season. It's the offense that's been a, a train wreck. Have we not talked about him enough, um, about a guy that can maybe just end up getting it going as an every-down back? Uh, we talked about Cook. We talked about Kamara. We did not talk about Zeke too much in cash. I'm wondering if we do see some ownership on him um, just from a, just from you know an, an overall raw point standpoint. Again, it hasn't totally been there for him this year, but this some of his stuff is touchdown-dependent as well. Yeah, funny on Zeke because he is actually super far down on the fan share charts in terms of overall buzz. And that actually, I really love that for big tournaments especially. I mean, when you want to talk about guys in the very small group of players that can be in those big tournament winning lineups at the end of the week, like the ones, that, especially the high price guys, and you can get them on low ownership, I think Zeke is right there. And actually, you compare him at, he's tied for 39th in buzz in this week, and he's listed around guys like Tevin Coleman and Todd Gurley and Cortland Sutton, you know, like relatively uh, unexciting plays for many people, I would imagine. Uh, versus Julio Jones, almost the same price, who's now moved up into the number two slot in terms of overall buzz. So when you look at those two guys, either of them is capable of putting up an absolutely enormous week. But if I can get Zeke on far lower ownership than Julio, I would love to do that, I think. Because the other thing about Zeke is he doesn't even need to blow up to be in your overall win. Like, he can still bring you a reasonable floor if the rest of the lineup blows up around him. So, yeah, I think he's a good play both in cash and in big tournaments. Yeah, the only thing, the only my concern with Zeke about like based on preseason projections and what he did last year is that the target share really hasn't been there for him. And I don't know if that's mm -hmm. just because Gallup and Cooper have just been just making it look fairly easy. And why I know Gallup hasn't been played a few weeks, but like 
um, when he's been around, you figure that's going to cut into his target share. Uh, but he's just not seeing the passes that he saw last year. Like last year, he was seeing sort of like that elite usage, even in the passing game for a running back. That just hasn't been the case. So I guess that's my only little concern. And the reason I'm a little concerned about that is because there has been an offensive coordinator change there. So it could be like something that's here to stay. Like those those, those receptions might just not be coming back with the way Kellen Moore runs the offense. So that's my only little concern about maybe why he ducks out of that top group when it's all said and done. Is that just that just isn't the offensive plan the way it had mm. been in the past? I'm still holding out hope that it's gonna that it is the case, but there's just enough other moving parts. Specifically, the scheme has moved enough that that maybe maybe those maybe those receptions and just crazy amount of touches aren't gonna come back if Dallas is just gonna be more committed to throwing the ball uh, with guys like Dak. Dak has a lot of upside too. Wouldn't be surprised to see some ownership on him as well. Um, he's been a very he's been among one of the top fantasy scoring quarterbacks this season as well. So uh, wouldn't be surprised to see some people play him. We did talk about Michael Gallup. Uh, I don't mind Amari Cooper here as well. Uh, Jet side, uh, we talked Le'Veon Bell a lot. Uh, any for anything else to add on him? He's in 100% of our DraftKings lineups. So we'd have to really lower him to start uh, to to have him kind of get out of there. Are we comfortable rolling him into cash games this week? I have one other guy I want to throw up uh, after Bell. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, we made the case for this at length yesterday. I just think that the usage is going to be there. I think the game script actually doesn't rate to go too far against his favor. And I think Darnold coming back, you know, again, we, I, I, you know, to hold myself accountable to this, we're sort of asking Bell to do something that we haven't totally seen so far. But I think there's good reason for that. And I think the major reason is the total lack of touchdown production from the Jets, which has been very understandable given that they were rolling out a third string quarterback who just doesn't even belong in the NFL, right? So I think if I don't believe Darnold is like a top 10 quarterback, but I don't think he'll be the legitimate worst either. So I think that level of improvement puts Bell into that increased opportunity category for me. And for a guy who's already touching the ball more than 24 times a game, increasing the opportunity or increasing the quality of those touches is a pretty scary proposition. I also think the Jets at this point have to be in you know, especially after this signing, especially being 0-4 with a negative 62-point differential, they have to be in absolute panic mode, and sort of every game has to feel like they're Super Bowl, so right. I think Bell is going to continue to see huge usage until they finally get that elusive win. One final guy that I just find moderately interesting, Darius Thomas, who had been hurt for a few weeks, did come back and yeah. play last week, led the team in targets with nine. He's 3,300 on DraftKings. So if you are uh, interested in just trying to find like a pure punt just guy that's basically near the minimums who has seen some, I get it was a different quarterback, but he at least is like a, a guy who's been around the NFL in terms of just a guy that can maybe mm-hmm. make it happen. Has played with a bunch of teams as well. Not thinking it'd be tough to really tough to stomach him for cash games, I think. Uh, but a 3,300 would unlock some other stuff in your lineup. And uh, I think there is some upside for him with a competent arm behind center. So interesting, just mostly because of the DraftKings price at 3,300. All right, we are going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com slash deals will get you a full, or excuse me, the rest of the season of our NFL package for just $82. That's 8-2. and two. That's our record in cash games on DraftKings and FanDuel this year. So DFSR.com slash deals will get you the rest of the season. NFL also is going to get you hockey or hockey projections on our optimizer for FanDuel and DraftKings. Basketball that's right around the pike as well. Those all covered under one subscription package. You're not going to find a better deal. DFSR.com slash deals will get you started. Buddy, it's going to be an interesting one. Make sure you get up early yeah. to watch that London game. Week six in the NFL. Looking forward to it. Talk to you next week. Peace.